Introduction The hero is the sailor's battleship, the Odessa Kraut, but characteristic figures are snatched here and there from the crowd. For a moment, like a conjuring trick, they attract all the sympathies of the audience, like the sailor Bakulinchuk, like the young woman and child on the Odessa steps, but they emerge only to dissolve once more into the mass. This signifies no film stars, but a film of real-life types. Adrian Piotrowski, writing for the Leningrad newspaper Krasnaya Gazeta. Russia entered the 20th century in possession of nearly all of the prerequisites for an empire of historic proportions. The Tsar presided over almost one-sixth of the world's land masses, extending from a culturally European west to an Asian east, with vast expanses of forest steppe and tundra reaching from Poland to the Pacific Ocean. Land-based military forces reflected the potency of a globally dominant nation, and the disparate borders offered several strategic advantages for the navy, including Sebastopol in Crimea and Odessa on the Black Sea. Virtually all great empires had built and maintained advanced navies, from ancient times to the modern era of Spain, but Russia lagged behind in the modern armadas typical of world-shaping societies. This was due, in part, to the enormity of our four major coastlines. To the north stretched a broad icy expanse, thousands of miles in breadth. To the east lay a second vast coastline from the Bering Strait to the south, where it met territory controlled by leading Asian powers. The country possessed sizable inland coasts in the Black Sea, requiring a fleet of its own, and a geographically and culturally distinct Baltic region. Many of Russia's major cities were situated far to the interior, St. Petersburg being the exception, and had always enjoyed the natural protection of a wide swath of wilderness and climate resistant to invasion. That fact notwithstanding, an up-to-date naval force was needed in response to exterior threats on frontier borders far from Moscow. Despite a membership of nearly 60,000 sailors by the turn of the 20th century, making Russia's seagoing force the fourth largest in the world, the crews were deficient and poorly treated, drawn largely from conscripted factory workers and serfs who earned far less in wages than they would have at home. This made them particularly susceptible to anti-Tsarist ideologies, and in particular, Marxist agitators. Likewise, most among the officer class were political appointees from the land-based aristocracy, who lacked the general skill and sensitivity with which to lead men into battles they themselves had never experienced. Despite Russia's imposing image in the world, less apparent weaknesses within the Tsarist government threatened the country's stability. The autocratic system had stood firm for several hundred years, but only in the 18th and 19th centuries was it surrounded by emerging democracies, alluring to working classes around the world. Multiple ethnicities from lands conquered in previous centuries maintained an almost provisional membership when faced with the allure of their home empires. Tsar Nicholas II, generally remembered as an ineffective personality with respect to autocratic leadership, was caught between a rigid, older brand of harsh Russian rule and a surrounding world environment filled with political reform and democracies contrary to Russian political tradition. A believer in the ironclad mode of command bequeathed to him from immediate predecessors, Nicholas was neither firm, knowledgeable, nor charismatic enough to serve as a convincing autocrat. Equally incompetent and weak-willed as a reformer, he responded clumsily and half-heartedly to prevailing sentiments favoring class equality that he could not, in the end, preserve unity among the predominant national factions. What reforms he offered to appease national unrest were all but abandoned once the perceived crisis was over, allowing his return to a comfortable status quo. As with the rest of the population, naval forces that had come to be persuaded of anti-Tsarist arguments did not do so within a vacuum. 
the accumulated unrest throughout the country, could provoke a more organized message within the confines of a single warship. And indeed, it eventually resulted in the first far-reaching eruption in the Black Sea Fleet aboard the battleship Potemkin. Several events in the early 20th century led to an eroding loyalty among Russian military forces, and Potemkin was the first modern ship to reveal it, an act that would bring it fame and make it the subject of some of the most well-known works of film and literature in Russian history. The Battleship Potemkin, the history and legacy of the famous mutiny aboard the Russian ship, tells the dramatic story that served as a harbinger of the coming revolution. In this audiobook, you will learn about the Potemkin like never before.